What is up, Ridge Nation? Welcome back to our 64th episode of Ridge Runners Live with Race Brimstone and the two race directors, Jeremy Falloway and Eric Whittington. The goal of Race Brimstone is to create top quality races with a unique flair. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. What is up, Ridge Runner Nation? Welcome back to another episode of Ridge Runners Live. Tonight, we are joined by Jeremy and Eric, race directors at the Tuscazor 100 and Race Brimstone. Two guys who vibed harder to our intro music than anybody we've had on the show since we put that intro music in. Um, <laughs> super stoked to have them on tonight. Uh, as always, I'm Cam Wrench, Sixth Man of the Nation, back hosting after what feels like kind of a long time, to be frank. Um, John, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I am just doing great. I had a good run in this evening before, you know, the humidity in Ohio decided to knock me off my feet. I'm still wet. I, st- you know, can't dry off. It's just how it is in Ohio. But I'm, I'm excited to sit down and talk about this uh, Tuscazor race and uh, these two people who brought some brutal races around Ohio, too, as well. So it's a good night. Cam, what are you drinking with us this evening? Yeah, as uh, our usual first question goes, what are we drinking tonight? Um, I have this Summit Ginger Beer. Found in our uh, mini fridge, courtesy of my roommate, Jacob. Shout nice. out to you, Jacob, because I don't have anything to drink in the house right now other than tap water. <laughs> what about you, John? Um, I am drinking a BrewDog Punk AF. It's another delicious uh, NA beer. I'm still on that train. Um, it's pretty good. Jeremy, Eric, what are you guys drinking over there? Boss. Boss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not drinking anything. I got six kids. I was lucky to get here on time. So I drank way too much back in the day, so I'm not allowed. <laughs> All right. Well, two two very pertinent answers there. And we're going to go ahead and kick the show um, right off. Tuscazor 100 is coming up soon. Um, why and how did this race come to be, uh, Jeremy and Eric? Well... I think he uh, came into the shop one day. I think this is how it happened and said, Hey, why don't we do a hundred mile race together? And of course I said, okay. So then it was a matter of finding a location. Yeah. We thought, well, where do we have it? We we wanted to find a nice trail somewhere uh, to make a, more trail race than just on the towpath something and we wanted to find some trails that were not overly used for other races or by the general public so we found this place about 45 minutes south of us called camp tuscazor and it's actually the oldest boy scout camp in the world it just uh hit 100 years old last last year so we approached them and we went there and ran once and we're like, this is it. This is the place. This is awesome. And then, yeah, the rest is history. Yeah. It was a beautiful place. Untouched. Absolutely. Yeah. I um, got that vibe from when I was, I ran the 25 mile D the first year. And when I saw that it was being put on, I went, um, cause I'm a Yorksville native. I grew up about 20 minutes South of where the yeah. races help. Um, went there and ran on those trails. And it's one of those things where until you're in the know about it, you have no idea that those trails are there. Y'all still uh, hear us? There you are. Yeah. Okay. yeah 911 people are calling me back. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably elaborate on that part. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, so Jeremy and Eric in a part of our technical setup may have accidentally called 911 from their phone multiple times. So that remains to be seen whether or not that'll need to be handled tonight. But we may rest during the show. This damn selfie stick accidentally hit the button on it. Um, Casually mm-hmm. looking over your shoulder for, for the cops yeah. to show up. Yeah, nobody's here yet. <laughs> Jeremy did it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, kind of going back to speaking about Tuscazor and wanting to put on a race there, once you had found the location, what were your next steps? You know, how did you get to designing the course? Did you know you wanted to include uh, the little section through Zor Village and the section on the towpath already? What was that process like? Uh, Jeremy uh, and one of our friends, Jody Engstrom, know the core, know Tuscazor pretty well. So they designed most of the course, right, or all of the course on Tuscazor itself. But we needed the mileage. We needed more mileage to make a bigger loop. And we were also thinking we wanted it to be a little bit more than just single track. We wanted to... Uh, um, Throw some different, different, uh, different, some adversity in there, some some different challenges, some different scenery. So with a little uh, town of Zor being close, uh, it's connected by the towpath. We decided to totally break up the whole race and add single track hills, flat towpath, a jaunt through downtown historic Zor. And then back in. So it really throws a little bit of everything at you. It's, you're not just stuck on single track all day. You're not just stuck on the towpath all day. It's got, it's kind of got everything, I guess. And, and that's kind of what we were aiming for. And we could have made a 10, 15 mile loop all on Tuscador, but I'm partial to bigger loops. The bigger the loop, the better, you know? So we wanted to try to get at least a 25 mile loop so we could limit it down to four loops. Um, so that was kind of why we were looking for the extra mileage to go down and we decided to go down into Zor. Yeah. And it's tricky. It throws a lot of runners off because, you know, you got to spend a couple miles through Tuscazor just to get down to the towpath. And then you've got about 12 to 13 miles where it's pretty flat. And a lot of people think that they're going to gain time and they, they, they book it. They, they speed up on that, that little section there. And then by the time they get back to Tuscazor, they don't realize they've got 12 more miles of climbing and some of them get a little spent during the first half of that loop. So it could be, uh, you really gotta, uh, be consistent with this, with this loop. Yeah. You need to go in with a, with a plan really. Because uh, you don't want to overdo it on that flat, or else you're gonna get to the hills and be like, "Oh crap!" Yeah, like too hard like on we the did hills. Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, and in, in that way, and having run that loop a couple times, you know, it it represents a really unique challenge. Um, like, how do you keep your legs strong enough to run a decent pace on the flat sections of the course, but then not be blown up when you actually do have to do these two or three hundred foot climbs? that y'all got out there. I think in, in a way, you know, it, it's only like 10,000 feet of total elevation gain for the course or thereabouts. I think in it's a way we're 11, I think. So yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. But it, it punches above its weight class a lot. Of that. When you see that number, it doesn't quite explain what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause it's, 
the elevation is jammed into half the course because you have the towpath that's all flat. So it, it is kind of tricky. You look at the, you think 10, 11,000 feet, nah, that's not bad, but. But it's still runnable. That hilly section is runnable. As much as the hills are tough, man, you can, you can, you can still run a lot of it. Yeah, all you got to do back, go back and look at Arlen Glick's splits and determine that it is runnable. <laughs> Everything's runnable for Arlen. <laughs> yeah. yeah Arlen, I, don't, I don't know. That's fair. They're volunteering next weekend. Nice. Yeah. Um, we got a first question in the chat from Andy here. It says, any special COVID rules for this year um, first versus compared to last year? Uh, anything different or is it the same kind of approach? Um, we're... You know, if people, if the runners want to wear masks, everybody, they can do what they want to do. You know, everybody's got their own ideas on how this race should be run and how people should be in the general public. So we're not going to discriminate. Obviously, if somebody wants to wear a mask, um, we'll have gloves for the food handlers. But, you know, without any restrictions, I'm not going to make the volunteers wear masks all day in that heat. We are, um, we are going to do a staggered start still because that actually, we found that that really actually kind of worked nice to spread the field out at the beginning of the race instead of everyone jumping onto single track and being in a single file line for a mile or two. Um, it kind of worked really well to, to spread everybody out. So we will do a staggered start, yeah. uh, at least five to 10 people at a time. Um, we'll spread them out just about a minute or two in between each wave that we let out. Um, it's all chip time, so it's not going to affect your time any. Um, so, um, next question in the chat is from Aaron. Says first, uh, first one hundred. Um, hope that they picked a good one. Um, and kind of looking for a rundown of what might be at the aid stations. Um, Aaron, <laughs> what were you smoking when you signed up for Tuscazores? Your first one hundred. <laughs> um, as most people know. Jeremy, for all of our races, uh, if you don't gain weight during this 100 mile, you got problems. <laughs> we feed, we feed you good. We have, we have pretty much everything you could think of. Uh, we go through about 60 to 80 pounds of bacon. Uh, we do grilled cheese. We've got uh, stoves at every aid station. I think. Yeah. Uh, for cooking hot foods all day and night. We'll have a uh, uh, snow cone machine. We'll have soup and ramen. Um, and then we, we'll have the traditional, you know, your PB&Js, your mm -hmm. chips and candies and cookies and Nutter Butters, which everybody loves. Everybody loves them. Uh, we have pickle juice. Pickle juice is a sponsor this year, so that's cool. Yeah. And lots of hammer products. Hammer's a good, great sponsor for us. Uh, so we'll have all kinds of we have products. We have more than enough. It, yeah, it's like a buffet. <laughs> I I gained the weight just going from the aid station yeah. to making sure they're filled, man. I guess that ain't full cool during the day. I just want to have half the time. Mm -hmm. And so that uh that chat question actually segues nicely into one of our other questions, which is what is your uh favorite aid station out on this course? <laughs> oh my god. Well, you know. Since I'm a veteran, I am kind of biased, and I like the Team RWB aid station at the Zor Brewery, just because we got a lot of RWB guys and gals out there, veterans out there working it. So, you know, that's that's kind of my favorite. 
just because, but outside of that, I don't know. I like them all, but the wedding chapel actually is the one that stands out for everybody. It's, it's fun. Carol and Rachel Youngblood do such an amazing job with that. People, that's, that's the one that most people will talk about is the wedding chapel. So I'm more partial to the Route 800 because my, my wife and daughter <laughs> run that one. And they have a good time. They do a good job. And uh, there's snow cones at that one. Yeah. So, I mean, when and you're then, out there on a hot towpath, the snow cones are pretty pretty nice everyone loves yeah, their snow but then you know so. we've got the main aid station with john calliker and uh dick canterbury's wife she's she's an angel you know they john does a couple of our other races too and we've got pretty much the same crews that do our races and so it's it's hard to pick a favorite one because i love them all the volunteers are all cool the themes are fun the people are fun so you can't i don't know man tough tough Ask me an easy question. <laughs> we got All right, more we easy do, ones. We did get a really easy one just pop into the chat. Um, I do want to throw out there that I am partial to the wedding chapel um, just because they had a lot of watermelon when I ran that day and I really needed that watermelon. Yeah. Um, but Alan Manzen would like to know, is the towpath paved? Wondering what kind of shoes to wear. No, the towpath is crushed limestone. Uh, the only paved section is going to be the Route 800 bridge, about maybe 100 yards. That's longer than that. Yeah, all right. Probably a quarter mile. <laughs> is it a quarter mile? <laughs> the big Whatever. difference right there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, as far as shoes, and then in the town, in yeah, the town, then is, paved, town is a brick sidewalk and some road. But yeah, so you're looking at maybe three quarters of a mile to a mile total of paved. Yeah, it's crushed, um, crushed limestone. I ran it. I ran the loop the other day, the whole entire loop in a pair of Brooks Ghost road shoes and no problems whatsoever. So you get people that wear a little bit of everything out there. Now, if it pours down rain, I would probably put on some trail shoes. Yeah, it's pretty dry right now. We ran it all on Saturday. I was out there again today, uh, working on the course and everything's really pretty dry so but we've got about five days of spotted rain for the next five days so it could get a little little slickery out there but so. i will say too another good bit of information for you right now is that route 800 aid station is our drop bag location which kind of works out nice if people are using trekking poles or if they do want to switch shoes between the the tuscazor portion and the towpath portion that's where the drop bags are so it's kind of it's set up that way so you can pick up or drop off, you know, shoes or your trekking poles at, at that drop spot. Or your Kleenex for when you're crying. <laughs> That's what I would put in my drop bag. Kleenex and Midol. Uh, <laughs> Lots of Midol. Oh, man. The smallest little uh, bag right yeah. there ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Kleenex and Midol. You run 100 miles on clean X and my dog. <laughs> and our age stations. I mean, the age stations. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And so um, you mentioned Eric doing some workout on the course there. And one thing that really stood out to me uh, between having run a little bit on the trails before this race and then actually being out there on race day and on races since is just how much work has been done on those trails to, uh, to maintain them and get them up to speed. What is that relationship like with the, the Boy Scout camp? 
at Camp Tuscazor. Um, when you approach them talking about, hey, we want to put on this race, what was that reception like? Well, I'm going to give all the kudos on this one to Jeremy. Um, we started work with them. They were very receptive. We, uh, we donate money to them for everything that they need for, you know, putting in new water systems. We let them host the pre-race dinner and we pay for all the runners for them to make money. We buy all the maple syrup for all of our awards. That's all maple syrup from them. So we try to give them as much money as we possibly can to help maintain that course. Uh, Jeremy himself has been the workhorse of the trails out there. He's, he went out there the first couple of years and really got those trails up and running. And also with the help of some of the mountain bikers that are out there, they, they do a, a good amount of work out there as well. Yeah. They, um, the camp was really receptive when we first started, you know, we, we put in a help lay out and make a lot of trails out there on the, the South end of that property that weren't there before. Um, and they're real happy to have us helping. Yeah. And, uh, they actually put us on the committee. So Jeremy and I are actually on the camp Tuscador trail committees now. So yeah, we kind of help out with staging the different stuff, but this guy's responsible. Him and Jody have done the mountain bikers. The mountain bikers really take care of their the mountain bike trails that are out there, and we don't hardly have to do anything to those. I mean, really yeah. nothing. They they really manicure their trails real nice. Um, and then we kind of go out, take care of the other trails, um, make sure they're looking good. But you know, the more and more people that we get out there running, the the better the trails stay. It's been. From the first year to this year, the, the prep work and uh, the maintenance on keeping the trails nice and clean is night and day. Like this year has been really simple compared to, you know, the first and second year. I weed whack. There. I do the weed whacking. And I clean up the nasty tunnel. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, you know, I, I could have sworn that tunnel was just like sparkling the last time I was in it. So. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> tunnel is beautiful this time there's zero mud in that tunnel right now you gotta stay on the lower side (laughs) that's that's incredible news to hear i hope everybody listening who's going to be running this race knows uh to expect no mud in the tunnel (laughs) yes but like jeremy said stay on the left side on the lower side but right when you get to the end of the tunnel jump up to the top side on the right or you're gonna run right into the river Sinkhole. Yeah. We had a girl jump in there the first year. The frog pond. Yeah, she thought it'd be fun to jump in that water right there, and she sunk up to her knee in mud and uh, sucked her shoe off. So, But she got it back. (laughs) It's all fun and all trying. And there has been one big course change this year that I think a lot of people are going to be thrilled about. Um, We decided we have a lot of people that near, you know, on the second half of the race, um, the roost going straight down that hill. Uh, we've had a lot of people starting to get starting to hurt themselves on that because of how steep it is and late in the race. So Jeremy mapped out a new section to where it just it bypasses it, but you're going to climb a little longer up to the left side. So it's going to look for a little bit different of a loop. You're still going to go up to the top of the roost and over to the overlook, but you're going to loop around instead of straight down that hill this year. Okay, well, that's that's good beta, and it's good to know that you uh, made that climb even a little bit longer. That's one of the premier ones out <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, just no. 
but we also shorten the climb at the end of the course, the end of the loop. There's another big climb. Uh, we gained some distance the way we went up on the roost and another spot where we changed things just a little. So we're, we're not doing the, the complete climb at the end of the yeah. loop. And so you're going to so save some elevation are, there. They're not going to quite die as bad on that last half. It just hurt a little. Mm -hmm. And so you mentioned this is uh, going to be the third year you're putting this race on. Um, and things have kind of changed. Those course changes all the work you've put in in those first couple of years. How does it feel different in you know the week leading up to this uh, than those first couple of years? Are things more calmer? Are they just as stressful, but in a way you couldn't have imagined? What's this like? They're more calm. I think uh, you know there we had one week where it was a little bit hectic because Jeremy and I were both busy with our personal lives and things outside the race arena. And we were both scrambling a little bit for a week thinking, okay, did you do this? Did you do that? Did you do this? But once we were both done with that crazy week, everything we realized was just done and falling into place. And yeah, you kind of get, you know, this being the third year, you kind of know what to expect and, and, uh, you're kind of a little bit more prepared. So, you know, we kind of lay out the week, what we're going to do each day leading up to the race to, to make sure we got everything in line and, kind of more of a routine so it's a little less stressful than the first year yeah just as fun mm -hmm. is it just as fun as the first year or is it more oh, fun yeah. now uh it's more fun now because there's less stress yeah and the great great thing about i don't know about other race directors how they feel but once that race starts the stress just kind of all Goes, goes away because everything's rolling, everything's good, and then you kind of, if you have little issues, you kind of shoot from the hip. But there's not, everything usually goes pretty smooth, not yeah. on wood. Um, but yeah, once the race starts, it's kind of like a stress relief. So, yep. Mm -hmm. So we got, and so we've got a bunch um, of questions in the chat now. Um, yeah, and so I think uh, well, some of them are getting answered by other people watching, which is awesome. Um, mm -hmm. First time runner for TZ, they're asking about course markings for the evening and kind of how, how to expect, are they reflective, things like that. The course is marked absolutely perfect. I don't, it, it's, it's impossible to get lost. Uh, we have here's what we put at our, <laughs> I loved those during no means. <laughs> yeah. Prepared uh, with props. So yes. the only people that miss these are the fast guys and they run right past these things in the middle of the woods. And I don't know how you do that, but. But these are at our major turns. We have right and left. And then uh, we do have, I put up a lot of confidence flags. And we have, um, we have the, the glow in the dark tags are on all the confidence the flags. Reflective tags. The reflective tags. And we also have little reflective thumbtacks in the trees lining the course, too. So it's, it's very well marked. It's nothing to worry about. You can't, yeah, it, you can't get, you can't get lost. Yeah, we we marked. I mean, it really you could, well. but mm -hmm. there's yeah. always going to be somebody. And everything's know. we always mark everything on the right hand side. Um, anytime you come to any kind of Y in the trail, you know, if there's not one of these big arrows, we we mark three or four of the reflective yep. flags right there in the direction you go. So just keep the flags to your right at all times, and you'll be fine. 
Mm-hmm. And so there's a there's a couple more uh, we should rapid fire through here real quick. But yeah. um, after the course marking, we got is there an updated uh, GPX file with this new course change? So we just got that last week when we ran the whole loop, the updated course GPX file. It's not uploaded anywhere yet. Um, we're not real tech savvy over here. So we're trying. So we're working on figuring out how to get that out to everyone. So, yeah, mm-hmm. this we're not this guys. Well, that sounds like a, a job for John because you know all I do is enter the Zoom chat and then the show starts. So we'll coordinate after this. But right. um, another quick question is: uh, Is there any live tracking for this race? Well, no. Um, we've talked about live tracking for this, but the problem is we donate a ton of money from this race and live tracking is kind of expensive. And for a lot of you guys and gals that have ran our races, you know, we don't skimp. We spend a ton of money on the medals, the awards, the buckles, the shirts, the, and then the donations, the food, you know, it's, so we kind of right now we're just looking at it like we are working on we're going to put another tiny map hopefully if everything works out yeah like should this year out at the uh, down in Zor at the eighth station so we will be able to that'll pop up live on the on the screen back at the main aid station so when someone crosses there you'll be able to see when they cross there but we don't really have a live but you know what there. I think in a few years as we continue to grow we keep growing by, you know, 30, 40, 50 runners plus every year. I think as we continue to grow in the future, next couple of years, we'll probably... Something we're hoping to We'll add. implement that eventually. Right now, you know, it's just like any race director, we have a budget and we got to mm-hmm. stick to the budget in order to make sure that we can, you know, give out, give away the money that we do. Um, not to mention, you know, we, we pay out the top three male, female, and senior citizen. I'm one of those. So it's 50 and over. <laughs> so yeah, we give out $3,000 to the top three uh, um, males, top three females, and top three grandmasters, 50 and over. So in, in the hundred mile, in the hundred mile. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the, that, that would cover the timing that would cover the live feed right there. The time, you know, the, whatever you call it, if we didn't do that, but we thought we'd just pay the runners instead and see if we can get a couple of people to come out and put on a fun show. Awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so there, this is a really good one because uh, it brings up a very fun experience John and I had recently, but Aiden says, this is my oh. first 100. When I ran Burning River, I got some bad blisters. Hey, Aiden, you and everybody else out there, buddy, that was a rough day. Um, any this tips is, for avoiding blisters or tips for taking care of feet in general? Yes, this is Aiden. This is the 17 year old, I think, that's running. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He, he's been uh, chatting me up while I was on vacation last week. Um, as far as blisters, you know, everybody has their different little tricks of the trade. Um, I personally load up my toes with tons of trail with trail toes and then wearing gingy toe socks. And, you know, I got my first big massive blister at burning river several years ago myself. And once I switched to 
in gingies and trail toes, I've been blister free. So I'm sure other people have other, other things they do. Um, you could amputate your foot and attack, uh, you sketch your roll wheelies. No, I mean, just, yeah, I don't know, man, that, that would be the best way I could answer how to take care of your feet. I guess it's just experience, you know, of, of trying out some different things that other people do. So tell us your story. Come on. I know you're dying to oh, mine. Oh, you should see cams probably tells it better than me. Cause my feet were so gross and cam just sucked it up and stabbed all of them and taped them. I had like, I don't even know how many blisters I had. Both feet were just destroyed. So gross. I, mile 65. I popped at least half a dozen blisters on this wow. guy's feet. It was just, oh, he, he was the, doing the, the pinky classic, toe. The yeah. pinky toe was like, it was the entire toe. Yeah. I, he had a pinky toe that was about the size of a thumb. And I was like, that don't look quite right. Um, let me get in there. But yeah, he did the classic ultra running thing of like, I just need a second. I just need a second. Everybody kept giving him a second. I'm like, give me your feet. Like, this is like, you're not going to like, you got to get out of the chair. Like, somebody's got to do this. And, you know, found a safety pin somewhere and got to work. Um, we got a we got a lot of other quick ones. Uh, folks, promise we'll get to those at the end of the show. Do have a couple other questions we'd like to ask these guys because we got them here. But um, one thing is uh, that I want to hear from you all is what is your big tip for success at this race for runners? We talked about how the course is unique and how it's challenging and different from a lot of other hundred mile courses, especially in the region. So what's your sort of like number one take for success at this race? I think the, the first and foremost, the number one thing is don't blow your load in the first 13 miles on the flats. I think you really need to stay nice and consistent, take some walk, break, whatever, but don't, don't blow it up and think you're going to bag a lot of time in that first 13 miles. Cause if you do that, you're going to be paying the price the second 12 and doing the Hills. So that would be the number one thing I think we would both agree on. Yeah, I think like any hundred, you know, most people get shut down because of their feet or because of their stomach. So I would say, you know, make sure you dial in your nutrition and know what you're doing. Uh, and everybody's different on that. So it's kind of, you got to know what you got to do for yourself and take care of your feet. Um, like we were just talking about with the blisters, you know, do, do what you need to do to take care of your feet too. Yeah. Make sure you take a nice, big, healthy poop before the race. Don't wait till during the race. Stomach cramps, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Absolutely, <laughs> all all great advice. And I, I say that as somebody who heard all of that advice and then has had to live it. You know, like oh yeah, we I, all have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's if if it happens to you, you know, know if you have to poop three times in that first twelve miles. Well, hey, you couldn't run it as fast, so you're actually probably ahead of the game in a certain way. You know, it does have its advantages to having to poop. It slows you down. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so uh, for each of y'all, what is your favorite section of this course? There's some really distinct sections. Obviously, the flat towpath heading out the Zor is really supple and runnable. But then the roost climb is a personal favorite that I really like going up. Uh, what is your guys' favorite parts of this course? So, uh, you go, you go ahead. Okay. So... <laughs> I'd say one of my favorite parts is, and maybe because I helped design and make a lot of those trails on that end. Um, I like after you come across a power line and you drop down onto the rattlesnake trail. Um, 
from there out around the Desiccar Loop. And the Desiccar Loop is where the, the old house is uh, that has all the bees in it. Um, I, I just like that loop. I think it's a nice section. A lot of it's pretty runnable. Uh, it's pretty, you go up across the fields, uh, you get into the woods. I think that's some probably my favorite part. Yeah. I like... I like running through Zor, downtown Zor at night. Uh, a, a lot of the time, I think both all three last couple of years, we've had fog rolling through at night. And it's just really eerie, but calm and cool and neat. As, as much as I love trails, I, I dig that little half mile jaunt through the town late at night. It's, it's kind of cool. Yeah, that's the other thing. Come across some fields out there at night. You know, there's a big tree out in the middle of that field. It's all by itself. And I've been out there before and the, the moonlight's out hitting that and, and it is just really pretty and the stars are all out and there's not a lot of ambient light or coming from around all over the place. So it's pretty cool. Absolutely. Great, great answers there. Um, and so what is your, what are you most excited about for runners to experience on race day? The finish. I, that's my favorite part of the whole race is, is putting that, that buckle or that medal around the runner's necks and, and seeing, you can just see the accomplishment in their face, the tears, the smiles, the disbelief that is to me worth every second of time being out there is just seeing that runner's face when they're looking up at you and you're putting that medal around them. It's just the coolest feeling in the world uh i love that that's my favorite part that's yeah i, I agree and it, it's really neat to see the people that first timers doing it uh mm -hmm. and the people that didn't think they could do it and then they did it or uh you know the people that gutted it out took them a long time but they gutted it out and did it those, and then people really finishing in the final 20 minutes you know just dying you know and i mean it's fun to see the, the fast guys finish <laughs> oh too, yeah but it's yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, great answer. We got a couple of folks who, you know, hey, this is my first hundred. This is my first 50 in the live chat. And I'm sure they'll be they'll be excited to hear that. Um, and so what are you most excited about uh, for race day as as race directors? You know, what what excites you about your actual day while the runners are out having their day? Um. I like the aid station hop and eat all the food. I, I like helping to cook the bacon because I get to eat a lot of it. That's why we buy so much. <laughs> no, I, I think it's just, I think it's just being there for the runners, just like being there for them at the finish line. And, and, and it's, it's just all about them. It's the whole day, the whole experience, the whole feeling of, of, you know, instead of being the runner all the time and having everybody taking care of me, it is so nice to be on the other side and be the two that are the ones that are taking care of all the runners. And it's just, there's not one in particular thing. It's just the whole day, you know, just a runner grabbing you out of the blue. Hey, can you just, the motorcycles, you know, just, just helping as many people and everybody as you can. And just, you know, it's, it's just the whole day, the whole experience of taking care of runners. It's, it is the whole day. I enjoy also the, going out and seeing people on a course popping up here and there and mm -hmm. encouraging people and get people to laugh and smile. It's, it's, it's just fun. Yeah. 
Awesome. We have a few more quick questions in the chat here that I think will be short. Um, ample parking. Uh, yeah, we have a very, very big parking lot in the front when they pull into Tuscazor and we have volunteers that are parking everyone. So we've never had any parking issues uh, at all. We do have an overflow across the street, which is only a few hundred yards away. Um, and then, you know, the, the people camping, you know, they, they get to camp or the people in the cabins that stay there, you know, they park down by their cabin. So we, the parking's good. Um, how big is the field this year? Uh, we are closing in on three, two about 280, right? We're getting close to 280 right now. We're hoping to get close to three. Yeah, so we're about 30 people more right now than last year with, with two weeks left. So I think it'll be another another 50 runner increase this year. Well, there's a, there's a, a week from today left to register, actually. So Yeah, so a week left. I think we'll hit about three this year. A lot of runners out there. Yeah. Um, Daniel says, uh, what's the, well, said, is there a golf cart for rescue uh, if needed? Um, <laughs> we're just not going to go down that path. You just got to finish. Don't even, put, don't even put it in your head. We'll pick you up on the horse. <laughs> on the horse. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy come out and carry you back. No, actually what happens is Jeremy will go out and he'll find somebody and then he'll make them run all the way back in. He'll chase them back. Uh, in. I'll say, see, I knew you could Amanda wants to know if you're going to have some photographers around and out. Take pictures. I have a photographer every year that, that goes out there and takes some pictures. So I think this year we got a, a, a Marine veteran that's going to be out there. He does very well, very good work. So we, we got a, we got a guy lined up for this year. Absolutely. Sweet. Mm -hmm. and, oh, then, no. uh, and then Ian Slaymaker would like to know if you have a campsite, will you be able to get your vehicle to it? I'm going to assume Ian's got like a, like a smaller car or a sedan or something, but seeing yeah. I don't think you should have a problem. Most yeah. of them you can, some of them you might have to drive down close and unload your stuff and then go back up and park. Um, depending on what site he has, um, most all of them have close parking. Yeah. Yeah, you'll be fine. All right, Ian. Yeah, he just <laughs> says truck. You'll be Ian. You'll be plenty fine. <laughs> Let's see here, what else? I think that's all of the big questions in the chat so far. Um, I, there's only one big one left in the chat, and is from a friend of the show, Doctor Timothy Crow. Oh. He wants to know, Eric, did you just call him a senior citizen? I think he did. <laughs> Yes, Crow. I called you as I called us senior citizens. <laughs> that guy, Tim, Timothy Crow, also says that senior citizens' feet have thousands of miles, so there's no blisters. That's why. Not yeah, not of yeah. <laughs> I have with him. I I like Crow's style out there in the race. It's always fun to see him in a race. All right. I, I enjoy seeing the seniors out there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um kind of a a similar question then what is um you know of like the different groups of runners what excites you about getting a field like this out there because there's going to be fast guys you know last year you had arlen glick and gabe rainwater guys who've done huge races run 13 hours and run a big dog backyard ultra but then you also got folks who are finishing in the last 20 minutes. Does having a really diverse field like this excite you? I love it. 
I love it, man, because I'll be honest with you. I love seeing, you know, watching Arlen and Gabe and all those fast guys and, and, you know, Omen, you know, another, another good strong runner from up here. I just love seeing the fast people, but I really love seeing uh, runners like myself, the meat and potato runners that are out there for the long haul and, and, you know, really freaking dying and, you know, seeing, seeing your average runner finish this course. Uh, that's that, that excites me. So yeah, having a diverse crowd is cool because you get to see a little bit of everything, you know, it's, it's nice. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, one other logistical question again from, uh, Amanda, is there any handicap parking? Uh, yes. And if there's none available, we will create some for Amanda. I will give spot. Love to hear that. Um, And so to segue back, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about like what people should be excited about, what, what's getting them out there for, you know, for race day, but what is, um, what's your favorite part about being a race director? You know, what excited you to go and put on an event like this? We're not the ones dying. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, I, you know, what. I think we might have to answer this separately, but you know, you, you run so many races over the last decade. It just gets to the point where it's like, okay, I want to get back. I want to be the one to take care of other people after all these people for all these hundreds have put up with my craziness and my bullshit for 30 hours at a time. So, you know, for me, it's just, and it's also a way to, to give back, you know, I think it's no mystery, you know, some of these races can generate, you know, a a lot of money. And um, Jeremy and I, and also my partner, Steve with Eagle Up, we want to, we like to make sure that we donate a lot of money to a lot of organizations, um, especially, you know, like Team RWB. I am a veteran and a member. So, you know, I, we always donate to them from every race, but that's, you know, to be able to give back not only to the runners, but to the, the charities, uh, that's huge. That's because we both have full-time jobs, you know, it's fun. You know, we make a few bucks, but we donate a lot of bucks and everybody's happy. So it's just nice to, to give back and have a good weekend, you know, just get back to the running community. (laughs) Do we look like zombies with the flashlight? (laughs) No, but, but um, But you're, uh, it's got you some like, look like you have raised eyebrows constantly with those glasses on. <laughs> it's, been, it's, our mix. It's, it's quite shocking. <laughs> yeah. No, we're actually yeah. sitting out overlooking the Eagle Up course, right? <laughs> nice and quiet out here tonight, kind of. Mm-hmm. Besides those motorcyclers. Except yeah. for those damn, yeah, and we haven't been arrested yet, so. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, and so, um. Another question is for runners who are in the area, you know, Tuscarawas County, I grew up there, right? It's not exactly well known for having a thriving tourism industry, you know, especially when it's not deer season. Um, what else should runners be doing while they're in the area around this race? You know, what, what's on their list of things to go check out? Somebody's running 32 hours and you're their crew. You've got time to go get yourself a good lunch somewhere before you got to see them again. We got Lockport Brewery is a sponsor this year and they're right there in Bolivar. Uh, good food, good beer. Um, there's a couple of really cool shops right in downtown historic Zor, and they still dress 
right out of the 1800s. They make food, their breads, everything, just like they did back in the good old days. So you could go into these shops and get like homemade breads and fudge and whatever you want. So, I mean, there's some cool things to see right there in town. Um, the Dover Dam is there. You can drive right down to it off of Route 800. The runners actually run right to it and you see it on the course. Um, but if you're crewing uh, or whatever, you want to, you know, check out the dam, it's right down there on Route 800. You can go down there and park and check it out. Um, or if you're bored, come volunteer. We'll put you to, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll make sure you're not bored. <laughs> yeah, never, never a shortage of uh, extra hands that can be had at a race like this. Uh, you know what? We've been very fortunate. We have a good group of volunteers that they come back every year and, you know, we hook them up with race entries and stuff for some of our other races, but we have a good cycle of, of volunteers. Our volunteers are awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, with sort of developing that volunteer community around this race, what, what do you think that they bring to the Tuscaloosa race? That's, that's special compared to other races. Oh, just their attitudes, man. Cause every age station is different. They all, they all have their own different attitudes. You've got, you know, the fun, loving, giggly wedding chapel one, you've got the rwb veterans hooting and hollering and having fun at one you know it's just they're all different it's just a good time and i think you know i know a lot of races do pretty much all our aid stations are run by runners so yeah. they know they know what people need and and mm -hmm. they're out there laughing having fun when people are you know fresh in the race but later on in the race uh you know you got your 100 milers out there going what do i need mm -hmm and they're tired and they don't know what they need, but a lot of our, our aid station people, they, they've been there before. And so they'll, they'll work, walk you through that. Oh yeah. They're like, okay, well, what do you need? And they start talking to them. And, we'll fire them if they're grumpy. Oh yeah. They're gone. <laughs> gone. Out. Oh man. Nothing like being fired from a volunteer position. I, and <laughs> doesn't look good on a resume. <laughs> no, never would. <laughs> Uh, got another quick course question from um, Lee in the chat. Is Wedding Chapel 2 uh, going to be there again? I believe so, right? Yes. You'll crisscross that Wedding Chapel, the front side and the back side. And I don't know what they're doing this year, do you? Um, I know it's usually, it's always the wedding on the first time. And then the first year it was the reception. The second year was a honeymoon. I don't know. Uh, on the well, second they, side of it this year. I'm not sure what they're going to do on the second side, but they did come down today to the bike shop and they, they gave us their grocery list for what we need to buy for them. So all I can say is you guys are going to be fed very well at the eight, at the wedding chapel this year. We'll That's leave the rest. Nice. Yeah. I was going to say, kind of got my hackles up because I'm a little bit worried that maybe that, that third option is divorce. I don't know if I would want to be hearing about that on the backside, but... <laughs> No, you know, they're they're creative. They'll come up with something smarter than me. I tell you what, uh, just FYI, you guys and gals may see a wedding at the wedding chapel here the next race or two. We're, we're working on that we're, for next yeah. year. <laughs> we 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 may just have a wedding there next year. So during the race, that'd be exciting. Yeah, we we'd have to get down there. Tell me, race this year. Oh my god! Race, yeah, we better not tell the story. No, yeah. We'll but tell the story fun. off the air, but it was fun. <laughs> we'll save that for later then. 
Um, before we jump into our quick questions, just remind everybody to, if you have any more questions for these two, drop them in the chat. We'll get to them at the very, very end. Um, also, if you like what we're doing, uh, go ahead and like, subscribe. We greatly appreciate it. That helps us out a lot. Um, and let's get into some more quick questions for the night. Um, these are rapid fire. They can, you know, or you can add to them, whatever you feel. Um, let's see here. Number one. What is one thing that you can't leave an aid station without? Twizzlers. Twizzlers. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard that one before. I, yeah, that's that's a new one. Uh, I, I'm not on board with that one. <laughs> <laughs> hydrate, hydrate, whatever. Whatever you're drinking, make sure you got some more. Awesome. Especially foggy as it has been and hot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, what is your weirdest mid-race hallucination or the strangest thing you've seen somebody eating at an aid station? I've never hallucinated. Oh, my gosh. All right, we had a guy last year that ran almost the entire 100 on nothing but maple syrup. <laughs> His goal was to do the whole thing. He wanted to hit – I think he bailed at maybe 100K or something, but he ran the entire race with only maple syrup. That might have been the weirdest thing I've ever seen in a yeah, race. I agree. How does that even work? So, so my question is, I'm a big syrup guy. Uh, people who know me know this. Um, but was he just like, did he just have a bottle with him? Or was he drinking those untapped packets? Was there, did he have water too? I mean, what was his variety? Packets. Uh, I think he bought some bottles from, from Tuscazor before the race. But yeah, he was drinking that stuff up like it was nobody's business. Can you imagine that the next morning? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want some pancakes? Nope, I got maple syrup. (laughs) Oh, man. So if if Ultra Running had walk-up songs like baseball did, what would yours be? If they had what? Walk-up songs. songs. Like you're walking up to home plate for an at-bat. They play music over the loudspeakers. Man, um, I don't know. Um, hmm, I don't know. A walk-up song. Should have asked this one before. Maybe the <laughs> maybe the think about it. Yeah, maybe <laughs> the theme song to the Jaws movie. I don't know. <laughs> Twizzlers and the Jaws theme song. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Thunderstruck's always been a fun pre-race song. Mm-hmm. I, I dig that one. That's it's a it's a get 'em up song. Absolutely, we'll go to a a couple from the chat that have come in. Uh, Daniel would like to know: Is there a, another parking lot connected to one of the aid stations? Probably want to know which specific aid station, Daniel. But yeah, the the old brewery in downtown Zor. Um, there's a, there's a, there's a few parking spots, but they have a field, uh, as you're pulling down into the brewery, there's a field on the right that, uh, that people can park at also right in town. Um, as the runners come into Zor, uh, there's a huge park parking lot right there on the main road where we get a lot of the runners aid crew will park there and, and meet them as they're coming into Zor, which is just a little ways from the aid station. Yeah, right? it's about. Yeah, the Zora aid station is the only one that we want. 
you can drive to and get to. Yeah. All right. And then Annie would like to know, uh, is there a timing ship in the bib? You know, believe yes. Cause I don't know where else you'd put it. Uh, we implant them in their neck surgically the night before the race to pack and pick up. They have a needle. Yeah. Then if yeah. they leave the perimeter, <laughs> dick butt. <laughs> yeah, it's on the bib. They don't drop uh, out of this race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's there's no escaping. They got that chip in you, you know. Uh, Jeremy's going to find you. But, uh, and then Lee said, uh, at Eric, um, not ice cream is a must-have at the aid station? Um. I've had ice cream at my other aid stations at my other races, but this one we do snow cones and popsicles. But if Lee wants ice cream, tell her to message me and I will make sure that I have her flavor in the freezer. All right, Lee, well, you heard it here. Um, And so uh, going back to our quick questions, one of our our new favorite ones um, because I get a lot of weird answers on this one, but is if you could fight um, one chicken on the first day of the year, two chickens on the second day of the year, three chickens on the third day of the year, and so on for a whole calendar year, or you fight one mountain lion after training for this fight for 365 days, which are you fighting? I'm fighting the chickens. (laughs) Because I'll live to see another day. <laughs> I don't know. 365 chickens at one time. Come on, you're bigger and better than 300 chickens. Put them all. I in. think I'm going with the chickens. Do we? Do we get? Or do we bare hand this? Is this bare hands? Bare hands. It's, it's bare handed uh, with the chickens. We, you can get it, armor and a weapon for the uh, for the mountain lion. What? I couldn't hear you. Sorry. <laughs> it's bare. You're going bare handed against the chickens. If you're fighting the mountain lion, you can get like armor and like a sword or an axe or something. Ooh, I oh, think I'd really? do the mountain lion. Yeah. Yeah. Be like a gladiator. I don't know, though. I'm not a big fan of killing animals. I, I love I, eating hamburgers, but chicken eat though. Yeah. I'm going with the chicken still because we get to I keep them document it every day and video it. And I think I'd gain a lot of followers. And yeah. <laughs> I might get rich off the that. chicken man. <laughs> That's I, I, do I, I, I want safety glasses though because I don't want my eyes picked out. Yeah. So other than we'll, that, <laughs> we'll make that uh all right that that adjustment for you. That's as a social media strategy. That's the best reason I've heard to choose the chickens. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, I'm a um, big time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> chicken boy chicken, chicken boy. man <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right and then so um full 180 away from that question this is our our heartfelt one to uh wrap things up but it's if you could run with one person in the history of the world even if they weren't a runner we're going to say they're going to go out for a nice conversation a long run with you keep your pace who would it be and why Oh my gosh. Only one person. I think I would pick Jesus just to pick his brain and make sure I was on the right path and finally doing the right thing. 
I think that would be my only opportunity to know if I was doing the right thing for sure. But then again, running with Wayne Gretzky would be pretty cool too. Or, or evil can evil. <laughs> that's, that's quite a, a top three for a group. <laughs> that would yeah. be my top three. All right. We'll take it. I don't know how to answer that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, mm-hmm. I don't know. I was yeah, serious. My first pick would be the serious one. I, yeah, I, I, I think that would be a remarkable run to be able to find out about yourself from another runner, from the man himself. Yeah, I don't. We're all just people, man. I mean, famous or not famous, great runners or not so great runners. You know, it's. I don't know. I I just you know I. I've had a lot of fun running with a lot of people that I that, that are irreplaceable. You know, I've had a couple of runs with Jeremy here that have been so much fun that you just can't replace a run like that. So I don't know. It's a hard question. I told you no hard questions tonight. It's a fun question too, as well. Like you, mm-hmm. you get to see a lot of, you know, some people who are, you know, have very quick heartfelt answers and some people think about it a little longer and um, it's just, it's, it's interesting to see different perspectives. So, you know, like you said, everyone, just people and everyone brings their little perspective to this little channel to answer answer that question so it's always nice um did you ever come up with a song there jeremy a song i wasn't gonna let you get away with that okay <laughs> Rip <it> by Devo. <laughs> <laughs> so people are gonna think it's weird mm-hmm. but so the greatest showman has the song uh this is the greatest show. That song at the beginning is cool. <laughs> and it's got a cool beat. Mm-hmm. That's my walk up song, I guess. Dude. The greatest showman. The greatest. We're going to. This is the greatest show. We're going to play the theme to the love boat at the beginning of Tuscazor 100 this year. That's it. <laughs> That's your walk up song? Yeah. The theme to the love boat. <laughs> I love it. Love to hear that at the start line. Um, <laughs> well, and then. Okay. Eric's Eric's could be the hundred mile walk up song. Mine will be the mine will be the uh, fifty mile. And somebody else is gonna have to up with the, the twenty five. Mm-hmm. All right, then one last one from the chat before we wrap things up. Andy, I just hope there are no milk crate climbs. So that was the big surprise. You were gonna have two or three of those at the top of the roost, right? Have you seen the? Do you know what milk? Climbing. Oh, we got, I figured we got to add this part into it. Uh, yeah, this, yeah. yeah, those are pretty good. What was it that mm-hmm. one guy jumped up on and like was like doing this wobble at the very top of it and fell over? But now like it's in just, everything, so I, you know, we big, just gonna make it make it harder. So big trend: people are stacking milk crates, crates in a pyramid, go up oh. to like eight or ten high, and then you try to walk up and down it. Doesn't work very well. Every, everybody falls. Like oh. <laughs> I've seen like one person do it. Everyone, I'm like. <laughs> I'm too old for that. If I felt like that, I wouldn't be able to walk for about a week. <laughs> Truth. Just got to ask Tim right. what it would be like to fall. <laughs> he's he's too fragile and old. Um, <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> All 
Yeah. All right. Well, uh, any sponsors, social media uh, that y'all would like to plug? Uh, anybody that you'd like to thank before we get out of here? Uh, we'd like to thank all the runners for coming and joining us at the race, man. It's it's cool to have everybody, and we hope everybody enjoys it as much as we do. And my wife up with me being gone. Yeah, helping yeah. us so much. Um, yeah. We plugged a lot of our sponsors already. We got uh, yeah, we got Pickle some good juice, sponsors. Uh, we got uh, Brimstone Adventures uh, where we're doing packet pickup for a day. We got a new one. Um, you guys know Ed Thomas, uh, the ultra runner from over in South Dakota. He owns a company called Bear Bear Butter. And I've been using that stuff for years. You talk about not chafing, but yeah, he jumped on board and he's with us now. So um, we're trying to get some Bear Bear Butter for everybody's packets because I tell you what, it's hot. It's going to be hot. You guys are going to chafe. So other than hydrate, you better you better coat your underside good. Yeah, you yeah, don't want to really. check. Yep, that's sound uh, sound advice to end on. We'd love to thank you guys for coming on here. Good luck to everybody out there uh, on the Tusca Zor course. It's a great course and a really great place. Hope you guys are going to love it uh, as much as I did. Thanks for having us. Yep, thanks for coming on. Uh, John, anything else? No, I think it's about it. Um, we'll see everybody next week on the next episode here of Ridge Runners Live and good luck to all the runners out there uh, taking part in Tuscany. Ridge Runner Nation, thank you again for tuning in to another Ridge Runners Live show. Remember, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on Apple iTunes. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us out as well. If you don't follow us on social media, make sure to give us a follow. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, join our Strava Club so you can get mentioned in the Strava Rundown every single week. We'll see you next week, Version Our Nation. Mm-hmm.